Hello, I am the host of Shifting Culture, Joshua Johnson. I just want to come on before the episode and tell you all thank you for listening. Did you know that big things are coming for Shifting Culture and you can be a part of it? We have just launched a Patreon. When you become a monthly patron to the show, you will get our episode ad-free, get early access to episodes, be able to download episode guides, and get bonus shows. Go to patreon.com slash shifting culture to support all that we are doing. Your support means that we can continue to help the body of Christ look more like Jesus. Again, go to patreon.com slash shifting culture. Thank you so much. Now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to shiftingculturepodcast.com to interact or donate. Previous guests on the show have included Jonathan Fokker, Liam Burns, and David Blackwell. You can subscribe to the podcast and go back and listen to those episodes and more. But today's guest is Craig Westoff. Craig is a missionary with 24-7 Prayer USA, a spiritual director, and the host of the Illuminated Soul with Craig West podcast, helping people in their emotional, mental, and spiritual health and well-being. We have a fantastic conversation around shame, Jesus, and presence. I know you will enjoy this one as much as I did. Here's Craig. Craig, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's good seeing you, buddy. Yeah, you too. I'm just going to dive right in. So one of the things that I was I would love to know is that as a spiritual director and somebody that encounters others, is there a common place of brokenness uh, in your experience with people? Mm, that's a wonderful question. I would say foundationally, uh, we always, I don't want to say always, but I seems like shame. Hmm. Shame is a common denominator, I think, in the human experience. And what's interesting about shame, it's very chameleon-like. It can, yeah. we can, it can emote as anger, resentment. <laughs> um, a big counter manifestation of shame is perfectionism. Yep. Right. Um, but when you peel it all back, you know, I just felt shame today, you know, mm -hmm. uh, someone said something to me, which was fine. Yeah. But all of a sudden I felt like recoiling. I mm -hmm. felt like hiding, which Josh is interesting because let's go right back to the very beginning of the garden, Adam and Eve. Yep. Uh, obviously what was present after sin was shame. Yeah. Uh, they realized they were naked and then Adam, long story short, Adam's the Lord says, Hey, where are you? Obviously he already knew <laughs> but he asks questions for, for our understanding. And Adam paraphrasing just said, you know, we, we, we knew we were naked. So uh, I, or I knew I was naked. So I hid myself yeah. uh, and in there is fear. And so, so even this morning I could feel myself mm. uh, withdrawing, yeah, pulling yeah. in. That's a way of hiding or even covering. And so brilliant question. And to my, with my limited knowledge and my journey thus far, 
if I've seen a common denominator in people I have the privilege of being with and listening to, shame seems yeah, to be a yeah. foundational thing that we are learning to overcome day by day. I find that pretty interesting because we live in a in a culture that is very guilt innocence based and that we don't think of shame very much. We feel shame, but we don't think and speak in shame language. So what does that do to us when we don't interact with that language? Um, We don't know how to deal with our shame. Yeah, very well said. You know, where, where there's a lack where there's a lack of definition, there's always distortion. Yeah. And, and I think it's important. And that's the thing, Josh. <clears throat> um, shame, shame is even, even the idea of approaching the discussion. It just, you can feel like if you, if you right now take a moment and think of something that would induce or bring up the emotional sensation we would call shame, all of us, it's, it's amazing how fast we just want to run. Yep. Or let's call it something else. And that's 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 what's so interesting to me. And so where we're talking about, we can name it this, name it that. And it's really important to be able to have a space and to have friends and family and community to where, where we can say, this is shame. Here's what I am ashamed of. Mm. Um and I think you're right. We don't, I know in my upbringing, in my circles, I definitely felt it, but it was never talked about. Anger was talked about, you know, embarrassment, yep. this and that. But this root, what I would call the, the, the ground floor of mm-hmm. shame wasn't, wasn't discussed that often. And I, you know, I find that fascinating because, you know, in a, a guilt and innocence culture, it's very individualistic. Um, I've done something wrong. And so Jesus needs to pay that price so that I can be in right standing with God. Um, in a shame-based culture, it's, you know, Jesus actually paid the price so that we could come back into the family of God, that we could come back into community with others, um, that we are not outcasts, you know, into you know, a a society where we're not welcomed, but because of what Jesus did, we're welcomed back into God's family. Um, and it's so uh, counter to what I think a lot of people are feeling in the U.S. at the moment. Um, they're feeling isolated from community, and they're hearing this good news of Jesus that oh, you've done something wrong, so now you could get into right standing with God, but they're not actually hearing the good news that you could actually become part of God's family. Dude, you're nailing it, because where there is shame, there is disconnection yeah. And, yeah. and isolation. You just nailed it. You know, that's where we, in the classic story of Adam and Eve, he isolated, hid, covered. And what's interesting, and you mentioned guilt. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, guilt is the idea or a primary idea of guilt is I've done something wrong. I'm right, guilt. I've right. done something wrong. Shame. And I got this idea from some other, from my research, including the brilliant Brene Brown, but mm-hmm. shame is, is more than guilt. And sometimes they hold hands, you know, shame and guilt. Right. So guilt would be, yes, I've done something wrong. And we feel, feel the guilt of that shame is, and I'm going to be honest with you. I felt it this morning. 
Shame is you are something wrong. Right. You are the very thing that's wrong. Yep. And even when I say that, I don't know if you can, you can feel the weight. It's totally different. Mm. And there are a bunch of people walking around, not necessarily. I wonder if it's not so much as guilt that they've done something Mm. wrong, but they're walking around with the shame that is saying to them, you are wrong. You're being and existence and who you are mm. is wrong. It's, it's this uh, accusation yeah. and a condemnation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense because I feel it more than I do feel guilt. Like I feel shame. It's always, if I've done something wrong, I always say, oh, Joshua, you are wrong. Like, and I have to listen to the voice of God saying, no, you are my beloved son. I love you. And I need to hear that over and over and over again to know that I am not just an outsider trying to peer in or trying to strive to do something right to get in, but I'm actually part of this family that God says he loves me and he knows me and you're not wrong. I've created Hmm. you. I've made you. I want to be with you. But I feel that all the time. Wow. I'm getting emotional as you talk about that, when you said, you, you know, you, you had God saying in your little, you know, you're not wrong. That's just so beautiful, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, when he created humanity, i.e. starting with Adam and Eve, he declared us very good, you know. He, yep. he, loves, yeah. he loves the idea of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so that's really profound. And I really think, again, kind of, kind of coming full circle, it's, it's at the foundational level of the human experience, excuse me, and existence. Yeah. Um, because where there is shame, it's what the enemy wants to do. Obviously it's, there's, there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to his wiles employees, really. If he can just get you to isolate yourself, get you alone, get you to think that you're not connected, but disconnected, that you don't belong. And, you know, that kind of peers off into addiction is really a, a situation about connection. Right. And so a lot of people having been addicted, uh, where there's addiction there, that's the expression of connection or the lack thereof. Mm. So I'm going to connect myself to this. And obviously somewhere in there is shame. Yeah. Can't be with people. So I'm going to be with my liquor. I can't be with people, but my, my marijuana will understand me yeah. <laughs> you know, and, or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. a bag of Funyuns and right. Orange Fanta, <laughs> whatever your whatever your emotional program for happiness may be, right? But foundationally, it's that idea of no, we are not. I'm not wrong in the sense of who I am and and my existence, and neither are you. I'm not my own idea. Yeah, I am, and you are. I'll stick with Josh. Josh, you are an original, one of a kind intention of God's. Isn't that amazing? Thought it is, dude. And thought precedes creation. So I, yeah. I love when I get to talk with people, I'm like, who thought of you that you would even be here? And it wasn't your parents. They didn't know who was going to show up. No. And it isn't right? amazing. And There's like, whoever shows up, they're totally different. They're just... <laughs> dude, it's so wild. And you can back that up with, you know, is it is it Jeremiah or, uh, you know, before... Uh, I, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's yeah. womb. Yeah then you could read parts of Psalm 139 about 
how we have been uh, completely known and and uh, and 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 formed by God. But where there's where there's any formation, anything that exists like this right here, someone had to think of this first. Yeah, and so thought precedes creation. I really believe that. So when you're seeing a person, you're actually seeing an original thought of God's. Yeah. And the enemy wants to silence that thought with mm. shame. Yeah. So in in your life, in your place of brokenness and believing lies uh, that the enemy was throwing at you, how did God break through uh, with new thoughts so that you can become a new reality? Well, great question. Well, he had to let me be comfortable in the darkness. <laughs> um, because what we resist persists. Mm. Now, you know, we're told to resist the enemy and he flees. That's true. But when it comes to negative emotional sensations in this context, shame. Yeah. What we resist persists. It only gets bigger. Mm. And so he illuminates our darkness. Psalm 28, I believe. Where Dick, I think it's King David who said, "He lights my uh, my pathway. My God illumines or illuminates my darkness." And so, how it began for me, Josh, is, you know, I went through ten years of clinical depression mm. from '98 to 2008. I was on lithium, lamictal, Lexapro, Effexor. I I was cutting myself with a knife. Mm. I was so tormented. I abused alcohol for three of those years. Lied to my wife about it. Um, I was an absolute mess, all while hosting a top-rated contemporary Christian radio show. Yeah. <laughs> I was diagnosed with, you know, even one, one guy even said I had schizophrenic tendencies. I mean, I wow. was really in a dangerous place. Um, but long story short, uh, he illuminated my darkness. And what I mean by that is the, the common message is get yourself out you need fixing. Right. Yeah. God doesn't fix. His answer is presence. And <laughs> where pres presence is always transformative. Mm. Now, some could say, well, yeah, he's really fixing you. I'm, I, I'm, no, no, he's not after fixing us. He's actually after transforming us, renewing us, mm. and bringing us into awareness of who, of his original idea about who mm. we are in him and who he is in us. Yeah. And so it, I found for me, he climbed into my darkness. He illuminated my darkness. And I realized, oh, you're here. <laughs> I don't have to get out. <laughs> I don't have to be someone else I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to pull myself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. And yeah. so he allowed me to hit bottom. Mm. And guess what? That's where he was. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. Where can I go from your spirit? Right back to yeah. Psalm 139, I think. Where can I go? And uh, and I know, I want to say this, I know that can sound like a scary thing because I, I think maybe it's you watching it. Maybe it's a loved one of yours and you're, and you're thinking, well, if they haven't hit bottom yet, I mm -hmm. can't imagine what that bottom's going to look like. You know, right. I get that. But, but God knows what he's doing. And, yeah. and, uh, 
kind of putting a cap on that. Just that's how it began for me. And then all of a sudden, and then, and then this is the big thing. Am I talking yeah. too much? No, you okay. can talk all you want. I'm I'll break in if I need to. All right. <laughs> so this was the big moment though, dude. I'll, this was it. My wife was ministering in Greece <laughs> and I was home alone, bloated with lithium and all these antidepressants and stuff. And they, they had their purpose. That's another yeah. story, but I'm sitting on the couch. And the only way I can, I'll just say it. I just heard a voice. I, I won't say it was audible, but boy, did I hear it in here. Mm -hmm. And um, I get emotional. It's funny. This happened like in 2008, but the emotions are still, the cellular memory is so dense. <clears throat> I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit ask, Craig, how human are you allowed to be? Mm-hmm. And the question revealed my answer. And we can be taught this in Christian circles. I thought I had to be more than human. Hmm. I had to be a more than a conqueror. Yeah. I had to be, I had to be the apostle Paul. Yeah. Actually, hopefully I could be Jesus himself. You know? <laughs> and all of a sudden I realized a massive amount of my torment was, let me silence my phone. I was resisting my humanity. Hmm in the name of being a Christian. Yeah. I.e., you better not feel certain things. You better yeah. not express certain things. You better suppress, repress, deny, ignore, put away, right? Yeah. Well, what we resist persists. It's going to come out in some way. Hmm. And usually it comes out in a real twisted Frankenstein kind of way <laughs> the longer we wait. And so when he asked that question, how human are you allowed to be, all of a sudden, a new thought wow. popped into my head, coming full circle. All of a sudden, I had a new thought. I'm like, you mean I get to be, I get to be human. <laughs> like, it was like this. I don't have to be afraid of any feeling or thought, no mm. matter, no matter how depraved it is. Yeah. Because, I'll put it this way. We don't have to be afraid of bringing all our desires before God because they, uh, somewhere in there, is God just wants to transform our desires, thoughts, and feelings. Yeah. So I don't have to be afraid of him, anything. And the desire just indicates a place in me, good desires and, and not so good, you know, light desires and dark desires, but, but they just all reveal places in me of God's desire for transformation, transformative mm -hmm. work. Craig, you have this desire. I bless that. Oh, this one. Well, Craig, you're seeking after this because you have a void here. Let's talk about that. So, but th it was that realization, wow. oh my gosh, I get to be human. And isn't that what <laughs> Jesus becoming human? He's, he was, when, when he became human, it was God saying, listen, I like yeah. human. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. I'm going to become <laughs> one of you. Wow. And I honor it and it's beautiful. And, but I'm going to show you how to live this life mm. as a human. Yeah. And he affirms our humanity. And so I think a lot of us, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of us are running away from ourselves. Yeah, I think so. And we're Jesus trying to be something like, that we're not. Right. And he's like, yeah. no, no, come back. Your life is hidden with Christ in mm. God. Come back and I'll transform all your desires into prayer mm. eventually. You know, over time, we're practicing, yeah. we're learning to do better. But that was the big thing for me, dude, mm. when I realized I get to be human. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. This is amazing. And now... I just get to express the love of God 
through this human form as God intended it <laughs> to be for me and through me. Yeah. So now, now we're free from comparison. <laughs> Even though what a, that's still what an amazing up. thing. Oh, of course, we we do that. But if we could get to that place of free from from comparison, what a beautiful place to be! Uh, what a beautiful place, dude. Like, because where there's comparison, you know, comparison feeds shame. Oh yeah, and all of creation. I think I wonder. <laughs> I want. <laughs> I wonder if we're the only creatures on this planet who actually compare ourselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All of the cre creatures, even trees, they all just seem to be comfortable in their own bark, in their own skin. <laughs> you know, an oak oaks, a Bradford pear, Bradford pears, Josh Josh's, Craig Craig's, and, oh. and let's just do that. And together, we, we, we give glory to God. Yeah. Ind yeah. Individually, yet together, right? We're yeah. holons. We're each a whole, but we're also part of a greater whole. Yeah, we are. So, and then, you so know, that that's excites me. That's really exciting. And, I, you know, for me, I love Ephesians 4 um, so much because Jesus gave gifts to everybody and the gifts that he's given to everybody um, to equip the, the saints for the works of service, to grow the body up into maturity. Um, we need every single one of us to become whole, um, That, but we all need to play our part. So we actually have to know what God has given us, how he's created us, and what our part is to play. And we can't compare ourselves one to another to say, I want to play your part. You know, that's not what God created me to be. So I just need to be myself. But the problem is, with shame, I've put on so many masks in my life mm. that I haven't known myself and I've tried to become something I'm not um, many times over. Um, and I think I'm finally getting to a place where I'm becoming myself because I'm letting God reveal wow. who I am and not me trying to tell God who he made me to be. Um, wow. So how do we get to that place of shedding those masks and becoming the people that God created us to be? Yeah. That's a that's a brilliant question. And, you know, on one hand, there's a thousand ways. Obviously, ours is Christocentric. I mean, without Christ, we can do nothing. Yep. But some of the foundational things I've realized, um, like for me to have a full human experience requires other humans. Mm -hmm. I if I if if Josh, you were alone on an island you would not be able to experience your full, full humanity because it requires other humans mm. that I, that, you know, I can bear each other's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. I, I, I yeah, you can't be fully human with, without, so God's kind of put us in a pickle <laughs> to where it's like, Oh, geez, you mean I need Josh now? And he, and he yeah, has, sorry. He, yeah. <laughs> and he, and he needs to, he gets to know my weaknesses. It's like, Oh, <laughs> You got to be kidding me because, as I said, bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. Well, when you work it backwards for love to be fulfilled, there must be a burden to be borne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and intrinsically, we don't, we don't like that. I, I want to be, especially in the States, I think, I, I want to be powerful. I'll just say it. Yeah. I want to be God. Yeah. And 
let's admit it. That's that's one of the unchanging promises that the serpent laid down. Eat this fruit, you'll be like God. Yeah. And we kind of have that in our fleshly DNA. And it's okay to say it. It's like, yeah, oh, oh, here's here's the problem right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so on the pathway to that, I remember um an artist way back when, uh, on when I used to do radio, he was on my show. His name is Jason Gray. Mm-hmm. And um, incredible musician, uh, but he also had a speech impediment. He would, when he would talk, he had a stutter. <laughs> and he was open about it. He'd talk about it, but he said something I'll never forget. He said, We are more alike in our weaknesses than we are in our strengths. Mm. And so we're talking about vulnerability yeah. and authenticity. And there, there's been this a mixed message of, you know, authentic, where someone comes up, says, yo, this is just me. You got to deal with it. That's not authenticity. That's pride, arrogance, yeah. and actually resistance. They're afraid of what's really going. They're fronting yeah. is what's happening. Mm-hmm. But authenticity and vulnerability is, is poor in spirit. It's mm-hmm. humility. It's all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so, but where that's cultivated and embraced and embodied is with others. Hmm. And the thing about vulnerability is it's vulnerable. Hmm. Um, and so that's the beginning journey, I think, Josh, is uh, hmm. let's be, let's acknowledge that we're more alike in our weaknesses than we, that we're on our, than we are in our strengths. That whatever yeah, you're yeah. dealing with, whatever you're going through, here's the reality. Most likely, there are a bunch of other people who can completely relate to what you're going through. Yeah. And yeah. so then, and then here's the cool thing. You know, we, we uh, read in scripture that God's power is perfected in our weakness. Was it Paul's thorn in his side? Yeah. He asked God to remove it. My power is perfected uh, in your weakness. And I was really, I've been thinking about that and it's, and what I want is this, if I'm to be honest, what I would prefer when it comes to my weaknesses, I just want to go in a room. No one there, just me. Yeah. Almost like a telephone booth, like I'm Clark Kent. And I just want to say, okay, God, download your power in exchange for my weakness so I can come <laughs> out looking powerful to everybody. <laughs> and no one has to see my weaknesses, yeah. right? Well, he ain't going to do that. No. And so what I've noticed he'll he'll do is something like this, like, Craig, I have the power for your weakness. Mm. But here's the deal. I've placed it in your brother, Josh. Mm. So guess what you get to do, Craig? You get to go to your brother, Josh, and be real with what you feel. You get to be vulnerable and authentic, and you'll find the power I have for you in your weakness. Mm. I think more than often... That's God's idea of exchanging his power for our weaknesses. Mm, That's beautiful. I think that what you're saying here, too, um, you went all the way back uh, in your story was you were transformed, renewed by the presence of God. But the power in other people's weaknesses or it's actually the presence of others as well Mm. can do that. Um, And it's the presence of, you know, the spirit that we have within us. that is reflecting you and your weakness. And then here's some strength for you. And we need to do it together. And it can't be um, alone. It has to be in the presence 
of others and in the presence of God. And this thing that of presence has been so transformational. Um, so where do we get to that? How do we get to that place of presence and being president, present and having God be present with us? Because we often miss it. Yeah, boy, you just nailed it right there. We often miss it because often we live unconsciously. Uh, yep. There's this axiomatic invitation, I think, in Scripture, which is simply wake up and remember. <laughs> Would you remember? Would you wake up? You know. Mm. So where we cultivate that is, this is my experience so far, is um, solitude and silence yeah, um, and stillness. And uh, again... I think we're so busy because we're just, we don't want to deal with what's really going on. Yeah. And so, so we occupy ourselves with things, you know? Uh, and I can do that. I'm like, there's times where I'll kind of snap too. I'll wake up. And I'm like, why am I doing this right now? <laughs> yeah. And if I, and then if I pay attention, I'm like, oh, I know why. Cause because the Lord is sitting in my heart just waiting. It's like, hey, I really would like to talk to you about this right now, you know? And so we're talking about mindfulness, Josh. And, yeah. and that's cultivated in many, many ways. But often Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray. Right. Uh, right. Stillness, silence, and solitude is, is key. And, and when, we, uh, when we are overwhelmed and we experience the fatigue of being overwhelmed, and a lot of times we don't even know what's overwhelming us. Right. We just, we carry this stuff, we embody it, and we just don't even know what's going on. But uh, according to, to uh, the, uh, an incredible book called The Brain-Based Enneagram by Dr. Jerome, he said there's three uh, common responses to um, the fatigue of being overwhelmed. It's either panic, hmm. depression, or anxiety. Hmm. Panic, depression, or anxiety. Yeah. And then the healthy response for those who experience that anxiety, like me, is silence. For those who experience depression when fatigued from overwhelm, like my wife, is solitude. Hmm. And for those who experience panic, it's stillness. Hmm. Um, now, that's a whole other, that'd be a whole other episode of, you know, the yeah, practices yeah. of those things. But that's the thing. It's the centering. And Jesus gave us that example. Often he withdrew to lonely places to pray. At one point, he even invited his disciples. He said, come on, let's go. Let's let's withdraw. Let's go over here. They were surrounded by a crowd. I can't, I think it's in the Gospel of John. I can't remember. But even Jesus, so perceptive, of course, he said, hey, guys, come on, let's pull away and get yep. some rest. Yep. That's what, let's pull. He, he understood the power of, of presence is cultivated in stillness, silence, and solitude. And I love Father Thomas Keating's quote, silence is God's first language. Everything else is a poor translation. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's intriguing to me, wrapping that yeah. up with, if it's hard for you to be silent, or maybe yours is solitude or stillness, whatever it is, don't be down on yourself. Actually, let's flip it. That's an indicator. If when you're in that moment, it's just it, you can experience the agitation and the monkey mind, which is completely normal and all that stuff. I always take that as a sign that we're onto something. Yeah. Something's being agitated. Something's being stirred up, right? Your, your egoic operating system is saying, no, we don't want to go there, you know? Yep. 
let's just go get, get on Instagram and let's just scroll through a bunch of stuff for an hour. Right. Right. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, as I was, I was sitting um, in silence uh, this week, uh, you know, my mind goes to so many different places and I have to recenter myself on the presence of God with me um, over and over again when I'm sitting in silence to remind myself that he is present here. Um, and my aim is to be, be with him and not to uh, do, do something <laughs> in my silence. And it's so hard to it get is. to the place <laughs> and just sit in the presence of God. Dude, it is. And I love your acknowledgement of that. And guess what? It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. Because we have these bodies and the hormones and the neurotransmitters and even a negativity bias that we're born into, all this stuff we have no control over. So it's okay. It's, it's, it, that's part of the journey. But I love what, what you're saying. I love your acknowledgement of that. And then you're getting into you know what, what has been known as centering prayer, where you, where you have a phrase or a word. Yeah. That when the mind, the monkey mind, as some call it, all the thoughts will come. And the way we bypass those, we, we, we don't ignore them, we acknowledge them, but then we have a phrase, an anchoring phrase. Mine is the Franciscan motto, uh, my God and all things. Hmm. And I'll just say that, and it centers. Um, or I like to say, God, I am here, and so are you, and that is enough. <laughs> and if, that, if it's not enough, then we get to take a look at how we view God. Yeah. Because it is enough for him. Yeah. Because for, 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 for his presence to fully flow, so to speak, his presence flows through unobstructed being. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, and trees are a perfect example of that. All of creation, all of na- nature. Re- you know, I think God uses the natural to reveal the supernatural. Um, but the more you can be comfortable in just being you, Mm-hmm. the more, not the more presence will show up. You already have his spirit. Yeah. Just yeah. the more we wake up to and become aware of his always uh, ever present presence. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, you talked about uh, God illuminating your darkness. Um, and, you know, Jesus himself, when he went uh, to places on earth, he would illuminate the darkness. Um, and everything he touched, he was able to transform. He wasn't defiled by the darkness like we often think we will be. Um, but he transformed the darkness. He made it beautiful. Um, how can we become more like Jesus and enter into the darkness and illuminate the darkness with his presence? Wow, dude. You just got me excited over that one. I love that. It's you. You are talking about a reality of our existence that heaven acknowledges and hell acknowledges, and the world. And it's the reality of this: you are light in the Lord. Hmm. Jesus declared it. Um, the enemy knows it. Somewhere in scripture, we read that to this 
perverse and crooked generation, we appear as lights in this world. Mm -hmm. Heaven sees it. The enemy sees it. Even the world sees it. The ones who seem to have a challenge of seeing it is the sons and daughters of God. Yeah. Jesus is the light of the world, and it's very interesting. Then he turns around and calls you the light of the world. He even said this, believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. <laughs> when you whittle that down, we become what we believe, Yeah. right? Yeah. What has your focus has you. So I, 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 I am all about cultivating that reality that we are light in the Lord. It's not just some hallmark sentiment. Oh, that's nice. We're light. You know, I remember talking with one guy who said, and I understand it was a great question. He said, you know, I've always, are you sure we're light in the Lord? I've always kind of fig figured myself to be more like the filament in the bulb. And he, and I'm like, I get that. Yeah. But that's not what Jesus said. Yeah. He said, Jesus said, you are light in the Lord. And, and we read in the gospel of John, this light has come into the world and now it's come into and through you. And what, mm -hmm. how does darkness respond? Darkness cannot comprehend, yep. overtake or overwhelm this light. So if this light is in you, that tells me darkness cannot fully overcome, overwhelm or overtake you. You are light in the Lord. And this might sound bold and arrogant, but that means wherever you go, Josh, you own the atmosphere. Yeah, not egotistically for your own doing, but that means just as we read in Scripture, wherever you go, so to speak, you are a fragrance of Christ Jesus. To some, a fragrance of life; to others, a fragrance of death. Right? Mm. We are also light, and wherever you go, you spiritually speaking, if we could pull back the veil, you'd be glowing. <laughs> yeah, and you would own that atmosphere. And we, we read elsewhere in Ephesians, everything that is in the darkness is brought out into the light, and that very thing becomes light itself. Mm. Even, even darkness is light to God. This is a true reality. You have the spirit of Christ in you, and you and I are light in the Lord. <laughs> and that's one of my, honestly, that's from 2008, when, when I, my healing journey began, one of my biggest meditations has 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 and always will be that reality i am light in the lord i wake up every day meditating i am i am light in the lord i thank you lord and then i and then i say you know i shine forth your love i shine forth your presence i shine forth your your mercy and kindness now do i mess it up a lot of course yeah. i do because <laughs> we're just practicing we're practicing yep. righteousness right um so that's it. I would say, how about you start with that reality? Have you ever considered the the how Jesus sees you, how the world sees you, how the enemy sees you? Because mm. according to Scripture, you are actually light in the Lord. Mm. So, what does that actually? How does that uh, determine or inform uh, evangelism as mm. we're interacting with other people? Well, now we're talking about a living presence. Right. Um, you know, when someone, how do I say this? Let me say this first. Not all of us are evangelists. Those are gifts. You highlighted yeah. Yeah. some of those gifts. Not all of us are evangelists, but the reality is we are all witnesses. Yep. And a witness is all the time. You are always witnessing all the time. How? By sheer presence. People are, you're a living letter. 
Yeah. You're you're his workmanship in Christ Jesus. That word workmanship in the Greek is means poem. And so the reality when it comes to evangelism is, you know, people will hit. I used to hit the streets all the time. Bullhorn, I do it all. <laughs> hey, that's great. Some people are gifted for that and wired for that. Yeah. But the reality is to a, a deeper degree, you are always witnessing of someone's presence. Mm-hmm. The question is, when you go to the grocery store, the gas station, work, school, the park, on vacation, of whose presence are you embodying? Are you witnessing? Are you mm-hmm. blasting out? Because I guarantee you, you're blasting out a presence all the time. And we look at Acts chapter one, where the Holy Jesus promised them, wait here, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You will receive power to be witnesses. Not necessarily to go witnessing, nothing wrong with that. It's like when someone says, I'm going to go witnessing, in tongue in cheek, I say, well, when did you stop? (laughs) Because we're always witnessing. But I love the idea that Jesus, when it one of his key ideas of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit when it was poured out of Pentecost was the power to be witnesses. I even like to, what I highlight out of that, Josh, is the power to be. Yeah. What if we first embrace, and that's presence, right? And so when it comes to the the illumination, the light, and then evangelism, what it has, what in my experience of it is it's opened up this amazing expanse it's like all of a sudden oh my goodness i'm witnessing all the time yeah in presence now sometimes in word and deed but always in presence and if that's the case then i sew it back together with then then lord i really want to embrace the reality that wherever i go i am light in the lord Mm, yeah light light is always witnessing yeah, I think it says in uh, in Corinthians somewhere that you know people who don't have that that faith in the Lord are like they have a veil and they can't see the reality of the kingdom of God. Right? They can't see the reality of what God is doing, and so evangelism or just being a witness and being present with people is try to unveil uh, the light, unveil the kingdom, and say this is what God is doing and. As someone of the light, you can actually see what God is up to and see what God is doing. So instead of trying to convince somebody to follow God, we're actually unveiling the truth that God is present and he's working and they can enter into his work and his presence. Dude, I love that. You remind me elsewhere in scripture, you know, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Yeah. Yet with gentleness and respect. My question about that is, why would someone ask you to give you a reason? Is it because you're constantly giving them the Roman road or the four spiritual points? Or the, I would say no. It's because I think that's indicative of presence. Why yeah. would someone come up to Josh and ask? And that's what I want to get to, to where... I'm not so much approaching people, but what if, what if we get to a point where people are approaching us? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right? And we've experienced that. I'm sure you have yep. too, where yep. people are compelled and they come and literally people have asked like what, and they've asked in fun ways. One guy, a quick story um, at a gas station, he 
he just asked, are you a psychologist? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm a DJ. He <laughs> <laughs> said, why, why do you think I'm a, and, he, and get this, he said, because you look like someone who has answers. Wow. <laughs> and then he produced a sheet of paper with questions about God on it and gave it to me and said, would you answer these? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that crazy. That's crazy. Now, does that happen all the time? Yeah. No, but that's a real thing. So yeah. now you're talking about, see, that's, that's living witness. That's presence, man. Mm, that's presence. That's beautiful. And we all have that. We have we the do. presence of we Christ do. and the Holy yeah. Spirit is frothing at the mouth, jumping up and down like Tigger, <laughs> wanting to, to illuminate more and more and more. Yeah. And I think we've, we've lost that. Um, in the West, we've lost the the presence with people. I think we've isolated ourselves in the in the Christian community of mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're going to be set apart, and you know, so we we really can't illuminate the darkness because we're not in the darkness. We're not there. <laughs> we've we set ourselves apart and isolated ourselves from mm -hmm. what God is doing in the world. Um, and so and, we have to do something like get there. <laughs> right. And I want to say, and <clears throat> excuse me, another facet of that, Josh, is or people have said, this is how you do it. And this is the only way you do it. Right. And so then we come come in full circle. Then we start to compare ourselves and say, well, I'm not like Josh. I'm not like Craig. I'm I'm an introvert. I'm, you know, whatever. And that's not how it goes. That's the beautiful. This is just how brilliant and fun God is, is he didn't give us a method. Yeah. He gave us presence. And you can't put his presence in a box. You can't say, oh, this is the seven steps towards. You can try it. And there's plenty of evangelistic programs out there. And cool thing about God, he'll use them all. I'm not right. knocking those. But I think the greater measure is presence. And that's the cool thing is now the question is, Josh, what is the Lord inviting you to do to illuminate the light of Christ within to this world? Craig, what is Jesus inviting you to do? Yeah. And together, the body of Christ is illuminating the world. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> Pressure's uh, off, man. <laughs> I got a, a couple of questions here at the end. Number one, if you could go back to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give? I have a lot of one-liners. I'm going to skip all those. <laughs> <laughs> um, if You know, my first answer would, would be... Uh, yeah, I'll just go with my, you know, first guess, best guess. I would say, Craig, find a spiritual director. Hmm. Be learn how to practice mindfulness, stillness, hmm. silence, centered on Christ. But find someone who has wrinkles on his or her face, someone who has gray hair. Not not that that has to be, but that's what I would tell. I would I would tell my twenty one year old self find find a spiritual director. Hmm. Who can help you help you learn the ways of stillness, silence, mindfulness, yeah. solitude, unto the very presence of Christ? Hmm. What about I, you? That's that's beautiful. I mean, I I would say start to say yes to Jesus would be mm -hmm. my advice to my twenty one year old self. Say yes to what he wants 
Don't try to try to prove to him that you're good enough. Just say yes to what he's invited you into and just do it. Amen. And don't. Amen, I mean, dude. I spent I spent my 20s floundering because I was trying to prove myself to God saying, look at what I'm doing for you. And he's yep. like, whatever. And as soon as I, I got to a place of saying, all right, you are Lord of my life. Show me. Lead me. I will follow. My life completely transformed. It was amazing. Dude, that is that is so. See, and that, that's just so I could cry over that. That's so beautiful because that's that's relationship. That's intimacy. I love that. Yeah. He's the one he's the one who prepares the works beforehand that we would walk in them. According to yeah. First Thessalonians five, he, he's the one who calls you by name and will complete his work in you. You know, you know, all that he began. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's all on him. What yeah. we get yeah. to do is love like crazy as, as if our lives depended on it. And even with that, it's like, Lord, help me love because sometimes yeah. I I'm not good at it. Yeah, that's good. You know? Anything you've been reading or watching lately that you could recommend? Um, lately, I've been meditating on uh, just a fantastic book called Franciscan Prayer by Ilya Delio, hmm. uh, which she has amazing chapters on on desires and poverty of spirit, which has just been hmm. so beautiful. That's the, where she really unpacks the idea of we don't have to be afraid of naming our desires before God so he can pour out the grace to transform them into prayer. Mm. So that's been a big, a big one. And then, and then frankly, every, you know, every morning I, I just love uh, kicking off the morning with Proverbs uh, and, uh, and the gospel of John. Yeah. And, you that's know, with, with Proverbs today, you know, cause Proverbs, in a sense, you could just read one for every day of the month. Yeah. So today, I love what it uh, it said. Uh, Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. Hmm. It's in the context of you know the, you who are lazy and love sleep. You know you're not yeah. going to work, and then you won't have money. You won't have. I get that. But then we could look at it literally, metaphorically, then mystically. And mystically, yeah. it just hit me. I'm like, open my eyes, and I will have plenty of bread. And how I translate in my heart is. Jesus, the bread of his presence, the living bread, the bread of heaven, true food and true drink. Open your eyes and you will have plenty, right? Mm -hmm. And open your eyes to me was this is mindfulness. This is awareness. This is stillness. God, all I have to do, all we get to do is seek first the kingdom and yep. his righteousness. Everything will be added, i.e. open your eyes and you will have plenty. Mm. So that's so anyway. I'm preaching now. Forgive me. I, I got <laughs> That's excited. That's great. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> I got uh, excited over it. Where could uh, people uh, find what you're doing? Follow you. Okay. Um, you can go to, so I, I, um, I have this free podcast. It's a weekly uh, Wednesday episode. All of them, except maybe two, are under 15 minutes. I keep them real short. It's called Illuminated Soul with Craig West. Thanks for asking, Josh. Illuminated yeah. Soul yeah. with Craig West. And from there, there's a Facebook page, Instagram, a website, illuminatedsoul.org. And uh, yeah, and that's where I do, that's where, where most of it happens. And then I do, we, we have, then I do Illuminated Soul weekends where we, mm -hmm. we'll, whoever invites us will come in for three days. And, and I call it a weekend of awareness. And 
just a weekend of becoming aware of what's going on with our thought life and emotion life when stuff happens, you know, what's going yeah. on at, with body, soul, and spirit. Cause your entire being actually is body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. just spirit according to first Thessalonians five twenty three and 24. So yeah, basically illuminated soul with Craig West, uh, Google that and you'll find great. You'll find great. stuff. That's good. Well, Craig, it was such a, an honor to have you on and just to dive deep into the presence of God with you and what it actually does for us, that it, he can illuminate the darkness and we could be transformed. So Dude, thank this you. was thank awesome, you. man. <laughs> you do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this was I, so real. I have a question. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that your real backdrop? This is my real backdrop. Yes. That's your yeah. studio? Yeah. So it's just a, it's a little room in our office. That's at, awesome. At All Nations. And we have, uh, yeah. So we built three of these small rooms so we could do some, you know, video calls uh, all over the world. And then I said, okay, we need some sound panels in one of them. And so I could do this, That's this cool. podcast with some hey, good do you audio. Mind if I pray real quick? Yeah, let's do it. I just want to pray. I want to bless my, my brothers and sisters uh, with something simple. Yeah, I simply pray this and bless you with this. Uh, may you always be at peace. May your heart be open. May the light of the divine Christ continually awaken deep within. May you be healed. And may you be a source of healing to others. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Craig. I love you, bro. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to see more episodes like this, go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron of the show, you can help us produce more episodes so that we can see the body of Christ look more like Jesus. If you become a patron on patreon.com slash shifting culture, uh, you will get early access to episodes. You will get episode guides. You will get bonus shows, hopefully, and more. So go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron. Also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it really helps us out and helps us find new listeners to the show. And just go and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your network, people that you think would enjoy it as well. Thank you again for listening to the show. I hope you have a great week.